0: examining the events that impact and shape china and the rest of the world this is the beijing hour one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday
1: now here's your host it's shane bigham with you on this tuesday january 16th 2024 you're listening to the beijing hour coming to you live from the chinese capital on today's program switzerland's ambassador to china says bilateral relations are based on trust as the two countries prepare to upgrade their free trade agreement Iran says its Revolutionary Guards attacked what it calls Israel's spy headquarters in Iraq and China's released a new guideline aiming to boost the silver economy and aid the country's aging population. In business, Chinese officials say the country's forex market showed resilience in 2023. In sports, several Chinese players are through round one of the Australian Open and Culture and Entertainment CMG's first rehearsal for the annual Spring Festival Gala. Now checking the day's top stories. Chinese Premier Li Chung's in Switzerland to attend the annual meeting of the World Economic Forum. He also met Swiss leaders as the two sides agreed to support the early launch of formal negotiations to upgrade their free trade agreement. The two countries also agreed to strengthen people to people exchanges as next year marks the 75th anniversary of diplomatic ties. Swiss Ambassador to China Jörg Bure says the relations are based on trust, which is the theme of this year's Davos Forum. The ambassador also shares his perspectives on how this partnership benefits both countries. With the free trade agreement
2: that we have um, made to enter into force and which was very beneficial to both sides, uh, we have led a ground to now um, develop relations even further. Um, We have more than 700 Swiss companies here in China. They're very innovative companies and they benefit a lot from the very qualified and very motivated Chinese workforce. And they give a lot in bringing in Swiss innovations into the Chinese manufacturing, the Chinese pharmaceutics, and so on. And um, this is really a success story where you can see that both economies correlate and help each other.
1: That was Switzerland's ambassador to China on his expectations for the free trade agreement between the two countries. A survey of some of the world's chief economists ahead of the World Economic Forum meeting suggests that the world will see imbalanced development in the year ahead. They believe geo-economic fragmentation will widen the gap between the richer and poorer economies. Evangelos Sipsis has more from Davos.
3: Geopolitical uncertainty and tight financial conditions. That's what global chief economists warn will slow down economic growth while this year's theme here at the World economic Forum is artificial intelligence with many wanting to know how much of an impact it will have leading economists say it would only widen the inequality gap conducted each year ahead of the World economic Forum in Davos the survey of 60 plus chief economists drawn globally from private and public sectors attempt to sketch priorities for policymakers and business leaders. This year's outlook isn't as promising, with 56% of those surveyed answering that the global economic conditions will weaken this year. They see a significant weakening in Europe, and some even expect it to be very weak. While they expect the same for North America and the Middle East, in South Asia, East Asia, and the Pacific, things look positive, with many of those shaping the world's economy, hoping
4: to see a continuation of growth in China. I'm expecting that him to talk about how China will continue to grow, conti- continue to steer the economic growth in the world.
3: And as China is one of the global leaders when it comes to artificial intelligence, many believe it will boost productivity in high-income economies over the next five years, but also in low-income economies at a slower rate. Although, here at the World Economic Forum, they will be launching a new approach to growth and help policymakers balance it when it comes to the environment, technologies, and other priorities. Its managing director says that an economic growth for the year ahead will be tested.
1: That was Evangelos Sipsis in Davos. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi inaugurated the China-funded International Diplomatic Academy in Tunisia during his visit to the North African country. His trip follows a visit to Egypt where the senior Chinese diplomat began a tour in Africa in line with the well-kept tradition of foreign ministers starting each new year with a visit to the continent. Adnan Chawachi has more from Tunis.
4: The ties between Africa and China have been growing every year. And once again, the continent was the first stop for a Chinese foreign minister at the start of the year. After visiting Egypt, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi arrived in Tunisia for the second leg of his tour. He joined his Tunisian counterpart Nabil Ammar in inaugurating the Tunisia International Diplomatic Academy in Tunis. The Tunisian Foreign Minister says the Academy is the result of the deep friendship between Tunisia and China and a concrete outcome of the Belt and Road Initiative.
5: Tunisia appreciates China's selfless help and support Tunisia will run the Academy well creating an important platform for exchanging experiences and enhancing understanding and serving as a bridge connecting the two
4: countries and the world making contributions to the development and progress of human society the Chinese Foreign Minister says that over the past 60 years relations between China and Tunisia have developed healthily and steadily.
5: China and Tunisia are dear and faithful friends and partners. During the first China Arab Summit at the end of 2022, a fruitful meeting was held between His Excellency the Tunisian President Kai Said and President Xi Jinping. A few days ago, President Xi Jinping and President Said exchanged letters of congratulation to celebrate together the 60th anniversary of the establishment of
4: Chinese Tunisian diplomatic ties. Wangi underlined the exceptional level of cooperation that binds the two countries. We are
5: keen with the Tunisian side to execute well the important compatibility between the two presidents and to strengthen the mutual political confidence and to deepen the mutual cooperation and to reinforce the approachment between the two peoples to achieve a more shining future in bilateral ties
4: China's top diplomat added that through joint efforts the Diplomatic Academy in Tunis has become the only one of its type built by China in Arab countries showcasing the high-level and quality of china tunisia relations the China-funded International Diplomatic Academy will facilitate the training of Tunisian diplomats with international standards the project will also offer training opportunities for Arab and African diplomats Within the framework of the Belt and Road
1: Initiative. That was Admin Chawachi on a Belt and Road project in Tunisia. People in China and Nauru have expressed excitement about diplomatic relations. The Pacific Island nation announced its decision to sever ties with Taiwan and commit to the One China principle. Nauru says it will recognize Taiwan as an inalienable part of the Chinese territory and no longer develop any official relations or exchanges with the region. Liang Bi Zhao uh, from China married a Nauruan National and runs a Chinese restaurant on the island. She is, uh, says people there have been waiting for closer ties.
0: Having heard the
6: news, we Chinese here are so excited and joyful as we feel like being a family. My husband and his relative and friends are very happy too. In fact, many of them thought, why too now? Many have favorite ties with China and express affection towards our country.
1: Restaurant owner says she hopes more people will visit and learn about the small island country.
6: Nauru is a very clean country. It is rich in seafood and the island environment is great. We welcome Chinese tourists to come here and experience the beauties in this country.
1: Uh, locals also say they welcome Chinese uh, people to visit the country under their renewed relations. A staff member at a supermarket says he's curious about China, and there are a few things visitors can take a look at in Nauru.
5: I have um, lots of friends from China. I also heard about their food and their culture, which is great. We do welcome Chinese people. They should actually come and visit Nauru. I would re- recommend them to visit our um, Well, our biggest retail outlet, which is Capella and Patna. We have uh, our biggest supermarket here.
1: Nauru has a a land area of 21 square kilometers and a population of 13,000. It lies about 3,000 kilometers north of Australia. Uh, Greg Navarro visited the island nation.
0: The island of Nauru is so small that driving around the entire country will take you about 40 minutes. A trip filled with picturesque views of the Pacific Ocean and welcoming people. Nancy Benjamin Tamaki and her daughters have been making and selling one of the country's most popular dishes here for about a year to supplement the family's income.
7: Coconut fish is everyone's favorite. It's like a signature food in our country because it's all local fish. Coconut from our island.
0: There is one major supermarket and the country's biggest structure is the airport runway. Nauru is heavily dependent on Australia as its major source of financial support. Nauru used to prosper economically from phosphate mining, which is still extracted and exported. But the industry has taken a toll on the island, exhausting the harsh land and making growing produce here extremely difficult.
1: We
8: are looking for it, but most of the times it's expensive in the shop, so
7: maybe it's easy for them to eat meat and all those things apart from vegetables.
0: Experts say the lack of fresh fruits and vegetables and heavy reliance on imported processed foods has contributed to one of the highest rates of obesity in the world. Nauru holds a couple of distinctions globally. It is the smallest republic on the planet and one of the least visited countries in the world. About 200 people come here annually, and there are a couple of reasons for that. One is the fact that it sits out in the middle of the Pacific. The second, the country is surrounded by jagged coral reefs, discouraging cruise ships from including Nauru as a destination. Regardless, people here have a special relationship with the ocean that surrounds them.
7: It's sort of like a medicine to us. It can, you know, body cramps or muscle ache. We can go and swim and then we feel better afterwards.
0: It's a country where people are closely connected.
7: Everyone knows everyone. We're family.
1: And extremely
0: proud.
7: It's just home.
0: Of their tiny Pacific Island nation.
1: That was Greg Navarro in Nauru. Coming up, Iran attacks a site in Iraq, targeting what it calls an Israeli spy headquarters.
3: Dive into news like never before with Deep Dive, the podcast from CGTN Radio. Join our global reporters for captivating stories and thought-provoking conversations. Search Deep Dive on your favorite podcast platform and get ready to dive in.
1: About 12 minutes past the hour, Iranian media says the Revolutionary Guards attacked what it calls Israel's spy headquarters in the Kurdistan region in Iraq. The Iranian forces also say they struck in Syria against the Islamic State. The United States has condemned the attacks after several explosions occurred near its consulate in Erbil. The State Department called the strikes reckless. Officials say no U.S. facilities were targeted and there were no U.S. casualties. Iran had vowed. Revenge for the killing of three members of the guards in Syria last month. A member of the executive body of the internationally recognized Yemeni government has called on the international community to further protect the Bab al-Mandeb Strait that connects the Red Sea to the Gulf of Aden. Uh, Adaros El-Zubaidi, with the Presidential Leadership Council, accused the Houthi armed group of escalating the situation in the strait. He warned of a collapse of the political process in Yemen due to escalations in the Red Sea.
9: We emphasize that we stand with the international community to maintain safety and stability in the region. And securing the international corridor is required from everybody from the United Nations, America, Britain and Arab countries in the area. We take the biggest responsibility and commitment in protecting Bab al mandeb alongside the international community.
1: The armed group has claimed responsibility for attacking a U.S. ship in the Gulf of Aden. It came after the U.S. and the U.K. launched a series of strikes on Houthi targets in Yemen. The Houthi's chief negotiator says attacks on ships heading to Israel will continue despite U.S.-led strikes targeting its sites. The official adds that navigation safe for all ships except those heading to Israel. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres is demanding the unconditional release of all hostages. He demanded an immediate ceasefire in Gaza, saying the humanitarian situation there is beyond words. Uh, The top UN official also said he was worried uh, by the security situation in the West Bank, Lebanon and the Red Sea. Jody Jacobs reports from New York.
10: The UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres says there is only one solution to help address all the issues in Gaza And that is an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. The situation continues to deteriorate as humanitarian workers call for decisive action to be taken to allow aid access, especially to northern Gaza. While there have been
11: some steps to increase the flow of humanitarian assistance into Gaza, life-saving relief is not getting to people who have endured months of relentless assault at anywhere near the scale needed. The long shadow of starvation is stalking the people of Gaza, along with disease, malnutrition, and other health threats. And I'm deeply troubled by the clear violation of international humanitarian
10: law that we are witnessing. Guterres spoke to members of the media here at the UN headquarters on Monday and says he fears for the spillover effects the situation in Gaza is having on the entire Middle East region. This as tensions continue to escalate as the Houthis attack U.S.-owned ships in the Red Sea after the U.S. and allies carried out airstrikes against the militia group to stop their assault on international shipping. Cauldron of tensions in the occupied West
11: Bank is boiling over with heightened violence, compounding an already dire fiscal crisis for the Palestinian Authority. Tensions are also sky high in the Red Sea and beyond, and may soon be impossible to contain. I have serious concerns about daily exchanges of fire across the blue line. This risks triggering a broader escalation between Israel and Lebanon and profoundly affecting regional stability.
10: Guterres also said that the UN's aid operations face significant hurdles at the Gaza border, as vital materials which include life-saving medical equipment and parts which are critical for the repair of water facilities and infrastructure have been rejected with little or no explanation. The Secretary-General added that the levels of civilian killings in Gaza are unprecedented during his years as Secretary-General. And while he made his address from New York, his colleagues from the U.N. Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees, who had visited Gaza over the weekend, said that the past 100 days had seen the largest displacement of Palestinian people since 1948. The organization says overcrowded and unsanitary shelters have become home to more than 1.4 million people. And there is a lack of everything from food to hygiene to privacy.
1: That was Jody Jacobs reporting from the United Nations. World Food Program says many people in Gaza are still in need of aid. WFP country director uh, Semer abdel Jabber says uh, the needs are rising faster than they're able to respond.
10: WFP
0: has been working with partners and communities to deliver food as quickly as possible and as many people as possible, and also supporting local shops, bakeries to operate. So far, we've reached around 1.4 million people with food, but everyone in Gaza is hungry. We're exploring all possible solutions, but none are sufficient in the face of obstacles.
1: The official says more supplies need to be brought in and safe access is also needed to reach people everywhere in Gaza, not just those close to the borders. He's also called for a long-lasting ceasefire to stop the suffering. A report last month showed that all 2.3 million people in Gaza face crisis levels of hunger, with the risk of famine increasing every day, and the proportion of the population facing acute food insecurity rising to the highest ever recorded globally. Donald Trump's bid to return to the White House has got off to a good start as uh, media project the former president winning the Iowa caucuses. uh, Projections show that Trump's won over 50 percent of the vote as people attend the coldest caucus ever. Uh, Temperatures were as low as minus 35 degrees Celsius on the night of the vote. Trump's victory reinforces his bond with Republican voters even as he faces legal challenges that could complicate his presidential bid. The Republican frontrunner has held the outcome, saying that he wants to, quote, stra- uh, straighten up the problems of the world. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will reportedly secure second place ahead of former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. The brutal Arctic blast sweeping across the United States is also bringing icy conditions to the south, a snow's forecast in many areas not used to wintry weather. Amy Kylie finds out how residents are preparing.
12: Driving flying and even walking outside could be risky. A rare snowstorm is hitting the south, and most of the country is dealing with dangerously cold temperatures.
3: If you don't like driving in the snow, don't come up this way.
12: (laughs) After days of northern storms, snow is now hitting southern states like Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. We're stocking up on food because of this arctic weather coming in. Northerners might scoff at southern fears, but states that don't get much snow often aren't as prepared for it. Dallas didn't even own plows until 13 years ago. Water. (laughs) You need water. Some people there are stocked up and ready to stay home. Shelves are empty.
5: We should have got hit earlier.
12: Air travelers are seeing more flight delays and cancellations after thousands over the weekend. In some areas, just walking down the street could be dangerous.
11: We'll be dealing with the impacts of very, very cold temperatures uh, in our community.
12: Most of the countries getting below average temperatures throw in wind chills, and some places might feel negative 50 degrees.
1: Touch base with your family
11: members. Touch base with your neighbors. Uh, make sure that they're safe. Make sure that they have heat.
1: That was a report on an unusually cold winter affecting large parts of the United States. Coming up, China's new guidelines for aiding the country's aging population.
7: Discover the realities and responses to our changing climate with Climate Watch. Uncover critical issues such as the Maasai murrays disrupted rotor beast migration and the drop in the Panama Canal's water levels. Delve into solutions for a sustainable future. Tune in to Climate Watch on your favorite podcast platform. Become more eco-conscious and take action
6: to protect our planet.
1: 21 minutes past the hour. China's released a guideline to boost the silver economy as part of its efforts to address uh, the challenges of an aging population. The guideline issued by the State Council outlines measures to enhance food and health care services for the elderly population and accelerate the development of elderly care institutions. The country plans to build around 10 industrial parks nationwide in order to stimulate consumption among senior citizens. Local governments across China are encouraged to build volunteer centers to offer services for the elderly. Uh, Many of these uh, volunteers say they find personal healing while serving elderly people.
9: When those elderly people I served say thank you to me, I feel a deep sense of fulfillment and achievement.
6: Feeling you're needed by someone is really good and gives me a sense of satisfaction.
1: The guideline also focuses on efforts to nurture new business models related to smart health and elderly care, along with biotechnologies that help alleviate age-related illnesses. Financial institutions are encouraged to launch more products for senior citizens and step up support for developing elderly care facilities and programs. The launch site for China's Tianzhou-7 spacecraft has completed the final rehearsal ahead of the cargo mission. All's ready for China's first major space mission in 2024. Zhang Yibing is being at the Wenchang spacecraft launch site.
2: We are here at the Wenchang spacecraft launch site. We're here to witness the initiation of the very first launch mission for manned space programs both for China and the world in the year 2024. The Tianzhou 7 cargo ship, atop the long March 7 Y-8 carrier rocket, were smoothly transported from its assembly building to the launch pad. The carrier rocket has been improving in its reliability, such as in its control system and engines. This is a continuous process. We have greater confidence to the missions and are expecting the success of this mission. The cargo ship is by far the most powerful one in the world, with a carrying capacity exceeding 7 tons. Inside, it contains supplies and experimental devices for the upcoming China space station mission. Shang Peng, an expert in science payloads, shared his thoughts. I
3: participated in the Tianzhou One mission back in 2017 as an expert of space science experiments. We have returned here with other teams to conduct research on the effects of zero gravity on life. We aim to have further exploration.
2: Now the launch site is ready for the mission.
9: We completed the test in the assembly of Long March 7 carrier rocket. We checked the subsystems and conducted a general inspection. Now, all devices and equipment in the rocket are in good condition, with indicators showing
2: normal readings. The flight combination is awaiting further tests and refilling before the launch mission in the coming days.
1: That was Zhang Yibing on preparations for the Tianzhou 7 space mission. The first Singapore-born giant panda is coming back to China on Tuesday. Lola is bound for Chengdu in Sichuan province. The birth of the two-year-old bear came as a surprise, as the pregnancy of a giant panda can't be detected until the final seven days. But in Lola's case, our veterinary doctors were only given a five-day notice from his mother, Jia Jia. Under the dedicated care of his Singaporean guardians and with the help of Chinese experts, Lola enjoyed a happy childhood in the River Wonders Wildlife Park before heading for Chengdu. Lula made a final, uh, uh, final public appearance on Saturday before entering quarantine. Over the uh, rather, the uh, Mandai Wildlife Group says around a thousand visitors came to bid farewell to the beloved bear. Uh, over the past couple of years, Group CEO Mike Barkley says over 1.8 million people have come to the park to see Lola.
3: We've been honoured to be
2: Lula's custodian for just over two years. Actually, to be precise, two years and four months. I fondly recall the day we were told by our veterinary team that Zha Zha was actually pregnant, and just five days later she gave birth. And since then, an amazing one point eight million people have come here to River Wonders to visit
1: Lale. In Chengdu, Lala set to join more of its kind in China's giant panda conservation and reproduction program volcano that erupted in Iceland for the second time in a month appears to be less active, though there are indications of magma still flowing underground. Scientists say the crack that opened close to Grindavik on Sunday is no longer active and lava production from the larger fissure north of the town is decreasing. Authorities say the eruption center remains a high-risk area and uh, uh, new fissures could still open without warning, although volcanic activity uh, has ceased. It adds that it's difficult to estimate how long the eruption will last. Molten lava flows reached the outskirts of Grindavik on Sunday, setting some houses on fire. Residents evacuated the town following a swarm of small earthquakes before the eruption. Harold dewar Haroldson with the search and rescue team says local residents will not be returning for the next few weeks.
8: There were a few houses that went into lava yesterday from that crack and unfortunately that crack opened on the wrong side of the wall that we have been building. But uh, at the moment, it's looking better for the people in Grindavík. But still, they're without uh, power, hot and cold water, and all the houses are heated with uh, with water, warm water. So uh, all the houses are now under severe damages from from the cold because they have now cold water in all the pipes, which can burst due to frost. So the, it is not a good situation
1: here. Teams trying to prevent more damages and ensure the safety of local residents. Fishermen and their families in Peru have gathered at Cavero Beach to mark the second anniversary of an environmental disaster. Uh, The oil spill occurred as a tanker was pumping crude into a refinery operated by Spanish oil company Repsol near Lima. Uh, The fishermen have protested Repsol, demanding greater compensation as their livelihoods have been ruined by the contamination. An official with Repsol Peru says the company's paid compensation of $270 U.S. million. oil spill is one of the worst ecological disasters in Peru. 28 minutes past the hour. Checking the forecast ahead of the break, and Beijing's down to minus four on Tuesday evening. Wednesday is going to be cloudy and plus one. Nanchung's at six this evening, then overcast and 21 degrees. Elsewhere in Asia, Islamabad's down to plus one this evening. It's sunny and 19 on Wednesday. Vientiane's at 20 overnight. Tomorrow has sunny skies and a high of tw- uh, 30. Uh, Phnom Penh's 23 overnight, overcast and 34 tomorrow. In Africa, Nairobi will see a light rainfall with a high of 27 on Wednesday. Kampala's at 21 overnight. Tomorrow, some light rainfall and a high of 25. Uh, Juba's at uh, 23 this evening. Tomorrow's cloudy and 36. And finally to Oceania, Port Vila's 25 this evening, then moderate rainfall and a high of 31. It's time for a short break. So far this hour, Switzerland's ambassador to China says bilateral relations are based on trust as the two countries prepare to upgrade their free trade agreement. Iran says its Revolutionary Guards attack what it calls Israel's spy headquarters in Iraq, and China's released a new guideline aiming to boost the silver economy and aid the country's aging population. Shane Beckham with you. stay with us here on the Beijing Hour.
3: Experience the Musical Classics of the East mingle with the masters of Chinese music. Music talks witness the sound of antiquity and modernity. We all enter this world with a universal
7: greeting. We then learn to speak. Though our languages, cultures, and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common: we have hope for humanity and the world.
9: An additional German railway company thousand Deutsche
7: Bahn. The, the 20th century United Nations Climate. Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Join a global network to connect with the world.
3: CGTN
0: Radio. Hear the difference. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday.
1: Now, here's your host, Shane Bigum, with you on this Tuesday, still to come. In business, Chinese officials say the country's Forex market showed resilience in 2023. In sports, several Chinese players are through round one of the Australian Open. In culture and entertainment, CMG's first rehearsal for the annual Spring Festival Gala. To contact us, you can email radio at cgtn.com or follow our X account, formerly Twitter, at CGTN Radio. First of all, checking the day's headline news. China says it's willing to play a constructive role in reaching a political settlement for the Ukraine crisis. A foreign ministry spokesperson says China's ready to work with Ukraine to advance bilateral ties. The official was responding to a question regarding Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba's remarks that Kyiv believes China will be able to help in mediating the conflict. Former U.S. President Donald Trump is hailed as victory in the Iowa caucuses. Media projections show that Trump won a landslide victory in the state, cementing his status as the clear frontrunner for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis edged out former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley to take a distant second place. Iowa is the Republicans' first of the state-by-state contests in the U.S. as the 2024 presidential campaign officially got underway. Yemen's Houthi armed group has claimed responsibility for attacking a U.S. ship in the Gulf of Aden with missiles. Uh, The group's chief negotiator said its attacks on ships heading to Israel will continue, despite recent U.S. led strikes targeting its sites. Earlier on Monday, the U.S. Central Command said uh, the Marshall Islands flagged container ship was hit by a Houthi missile. It said no crew was injured, but the ship sustained minor damage. It continued its voyage following the attack. The ship is owned operated by a U.S. shipping company. The U.K. Prime Minister says the country is uh, aimed at de-escalating tensions and restoring stability in the Middle East as it launches airstrikes with the U.S. on Houthi targets in Yemen. Rishi Sunak told the U.K. Parliament that the strikes are limited and not escalatory and came in response to a, a threat to British vessels.
3: We faced an escalating series of attacks from the Houthis on commercial shipping, including uh, an attack on a Royal Navy warship. That's unacceptable. It was right that we took proportionate targeted action against military targets uh, to send a strong message that that behavior is unacceptable. It was a last resort.
1: Now, Sunak adds that the government will not hesitate to ensure the security and safety of the British people and its interests and assets. Four Royal Air Force Typhoon jets took part in the U.S.-led strikes last week on sites used by the Houthis. The Prime Minister says initial assessment showed that all 13 planned targets have been destroyed, including drones, an airfield, and a cruise missile launcher without civilian casualties. Israel's defense ministers accused Hamas of psychological abuse against families of Israeli hostages. Hamas released a video appearing to show the bodies of two hostages it claims were killed in Israeli airstrikes. The Israeli military says the video leaves hope for a third hostage who was alive at the time of the making of the video. The Polish Prime Minister says he expects presidential and opposition support for the new government's judicial reform, separating the function of Justice Minister and General Prosecutor. Donald Tusk says he's offered Justice Minister Adam Bodnar his full support in making the Prosecutor's Office independent. I would like it very much for the president and the opposition to work together with us on a bill that will make the Polish Prosecutor's Office independent from the politicians. Maybe it will sound a bit brutal, but it is in the opposition's and the president's interests to make Poland's prosecutor's
0: office and the Polish judicial system independent from the government and the
1: politicians. The prime minister adds that all decisions should go through legal verification if there's a dispute. He says those thinking that Bodnar's decisions are not legally binding have the full responsibility to make the case in court. A senior UN official says aid agencies are looking at delivering aid to Sudan on a new route from South Sudan as they struggle to access much of the country. The ongoing conflict between the Sudanese Armed Forces and the Rapid Support Forces has entered its ninth month, causing a major humanitarian crisis. International agencies and NGOs have also complained about bureaucratic obstacles to get into Port Sudan and obtain travel permits to access uh, other parts of the country. Aid agencies have lost access to Wad Madani after the aid hub was seized by the RSF. The agencies are also looking to establish cross-border operations from South Sudan into Kordofan. This is Shane Bigam in the Chinese capital. Coming up in business, Chinese officials say the country's forex market showed resilience in 2023. <laughs> 36 minutes past the hour, turning to business and starting with the Chinese mainland markets. They closed higher on Tuesday. Wang Yin has more.
6: Market performance was subdued as investors wait for the release of China's 2023 GDP data. After trading lower for most of the session, the Shanghai Composite closed to more than a quarter of one percent higher. Financial stocks were among those rising. The People's Bank of China surprised many international market watchers by holding interest rates steady when it had been expected to announce a rate cut. Keeping rates at their current level will protect banks' bottom lines. China Merchants Bank rose 1.3 percent, and Agricultural Bank of China rose a bit less than 1 percent.
1: That was Wang in Shanghai. In Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Index dropped more than 2 percent. In Japan, the Nikkei lost nearly eight-tenths of a percent. Chinese State Administration of Foreign Exchange says the country's foreign exchange market operated steadily and showed resilience last year. The country maintained a basic uh, equilibrium in the international balance of payments, with its foreign exchange reserves exceeding 3.1 trillion U.S. dollars. The RMB exchange rate fluctuated in both directions, stabilizing and recovering since last November and maintaining what the administration calls basic stability at a reasonable and balanced level. The non-banking sector had a surplus of 14.1 billion U.S. dollars in cross-border receipts and payments in December. In the same month, the net inflow of cross-border funds for goods sold overseas increased 12% in the year and 37% from November. Uh, There's also been a steady increase in foreign investment in the Chinese market and the allocation of RMB assets with foreign investors increasing their holdings of domestic bonds. China's economic cooperation with Africa continued to strengthen last year. A trade between the two sides maintained growth of 1.5 percent in U.S. dollar terms despite weakening demand globally. And for more, Michael Wang spoke with Chu Chung, research fellow at the Beijing Foreign Studies University
3: speaking of cooperation, Chu uh, Qiang, at the China-Africa Leaders Dialogue last year, Chinese President Xi Jinping made three proposals. So those are namely to support Africa's industrialization, uh, agricultural modernization, and talent development. I want to focus on the industrialization part because we know Africa has tremendous economic potential. How is China working with African partners to support the continent's industrialization efforts?
8: Well, I think I'm very, very lucky because I'm following this track, you know, in the past 15 years, and I'm a part of this China and Africa cooperation framework myself. You know, for the 15 years as a witness, this cooperation, I think what China has been doing for industrialized Africa is in a multiple angles. For example, number one, I think is most available and obvious achievement we can see is infrastructures. Uh, you know, we used to have Tanzania before uh, that created a lot of, you know, miracles in the transportation industry and in Africa. But now we have Mombasa to Nairobi, you know, railway. And also we have the cross-border highway systems in both eastern and western Africa, linking many countries. So this kind of, you know. What well, we take for granted a kind of the infrastructure for transportation used to be unimaginable in African countries. So with this kind of infrastructure, more and more countries can finally build up the logistic system, can finally reshape the local supply chain. And also we're talking about energy you know, infrastructures uh, like the power stations, like renewable energies are now happening in many, many countries just to go to... Uh, i go to Ethiopia, you will see many power plants, especially the green energy is in there. So the country stopped being bothered by, you know, the blackout of the power. Finally, the system, uh, the systems of the uh, modern industry can be in there. And in Nigeria, we have built many of the industrial parks um, with the electricity, with running waters, with the internet, and with the most advanced digital infrastructures. So in Nigeria, we see the fast rising middle income class and also many, many uh, the modern industries and companies that have been mushrooming. So this is what we have done. Uh, we have been doing. And also if you go to Tunisia, you see talent exchange and talent nurturing is also a new content followed by the promise of President Xi Jinping and many good things are happening and we're going to see more in the coming next four or five years.
1: And that was Chu Cheng, Research Fellow at the Beijing Foreign Studies University, talking about China's economic cooperation with Africa. Hundreds of China's biggest software companies are developing mobile applications for the Harmony OS Next, scheduled to be launched by Chinese tech giant Huawei soon. The new operating system will no longer be compatible with Android. The 360 Group, an internet security solution provider, is among the companies developing and testing apps for the Harmony OS Next system. A General Manager Ma Xiofeng says the 360 browser is the company's initial offering.
13: We will combine the security capabilities of 360 with the privacy protection of Harmony OS. Thanks to Harmony OS's advanced features, we will also support inter-application workflow and cross-device collaborations in the 360 browser.
1: Huawei pledge pledged to offer revenue-sharing incentives to app developers committed to the new system. The start, of the, new, or rather the start of the year is usually the busiest time for lantern manufacturers in China as demand for the traditional decoration grows ahead of spring festival. Guatianchi visited a factory in southwest China to find out how lanterns have helped villagers have a better life and how the private economy plays a part in China's high-quality development.
6: Red lanterns are the most popular decorations as the spring festival approaches, while in Jintang County on the outskirts of Chengdu has a tradition of handmaking lanterns for about six decades. and now these beautiful handicrafts are heading overseas. From parts of Southeast Asia, Japan, South Korea and Europe, every November, orders start rolling in..
3: Our
9: annual output value is about 40 million yuan, and our exports are more than 2 million yuan a year. Our export volume is increasing year by year because Chinese culture is getting more and more popular.
6: The factory has engaged 120 local villagers in production for more than 100 families. I have been working here for eight years. I need to take care of the elderly and my children, and I'm satisfied to work near my home with a decent income. The job is easy and flexible, and I'm proud that these lanterns can be sold abroad. Lantern productions here benefits from being adjacent to Chengdu, with convenient transportation links and sufficient working population.
9: It's easy for us to recruit workers, and also convenient for us to buy raw materials and export products.
6: Traditional industries coupled with modern management and the logistic systems make this private enterprise shine. And the local government is also planning to build a Lenten industrial park where more than 20 Lenten companies have agreed to
1: settle. That was Guatianchi reporting from Sichuan province. International Monetary Fund Managing Director Kristalina Georgieva says artificial intelligence will impact 60 percent of jobs in advanced economies, Georgieva says it goes down to 40% for emerging markets and 26% for low-income countries. According to the IMF, half of the jobs impacted by AI will be negatively affected, while the rest may actually benefit from enhanced productivity gains due to AI. The financial institution added that while AI will initially have a lower impact on emerging markets and developing economies, they are also less likely to benefit from the advantages of the novel technology. The global organization encourages efforts to help low-income countries in particular to be able to catch the opportunities that artificial intelligence will present. China's first domestically built large cruise ship, the Adora Magic City, has completed its maiden voyage. It was a historic moment after years of preparation and construction. Bin spoke with industry insiders about the country's cruise industry.
9: My first time stepping on the ship was in April last year, and I met with one of the few female engineers working on the ship.
6: For example, there are about 30,000 safety points on the ship. You need to test them one by one and do it three times.
9: On December 2023, after it was completely constructed and delivered, we stepped on the ship once again. My first impression of the interior decoration was it is luxurious. It's indeed a beautiful ship with over 2100 bedrooms, over 20 pubs and restaurants, with many of the entertainment catering to the taste of Chinese customers. And you can also enjoy 16 classic Dunhuang frescoes from Mogao Caves, duplicated with the latest technology. Apart from providing cozy experience to passengers, Adora Magic City is also equipped with some of the most advanced technologies
3: to save energy. A major example would be that it employs the world's first set of AC systems that use carbon dioxide as a refrigerant.
9: Adora Magic City has now embarked on a new journey of commercial operation. Tickets for the coming spring festival have almost sold out. Experts say for the long-term operation of the ship, it will take time and a little patience before it can compete with traditional cruise brands.
1: That was Ubin reporting. You're listening to the Beijing Hour. Coming up in sports, several Chinese players are through round one at the Australian Open
3: sideline story brings you all things sports related the hottest topics latest events juiciest stories all with a very personal take subscribe to sideline story podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in china and around the world
1: 47 past the hour now. Turning to sports, and here's Yang Guang. Thank you, Shane. And the
13: Australian Open Chinese players displayed brilliant comeback performances at Melbourne Park as three singles players advanced to the second round. Teenager Shang Chen fought from 2-1 down to beat his close friend Mackenzie McDonald in a five-set thriller. The 18-year-old has reached the second round of the Grand Slam event for the second consecutive time. 12th seed Zhang Qingwen, the highest-ranked Chinese women's player, was one set down but managed to recollect form to defeat American Ashlyn Kruger. Wang Yafan also overcame an uphill battle from the start, recovering from a six-love loss in the first set to, de- uh, to beat Romania Sorana Castilla. Julin, Wang Xiyu and Yuan Yue were knocked out of the Open on Tuesday. Earlier, Naomi Osaka's Grand Slam comeback ended in a first-round defeat by Caroline Garcia at Melbourne Park. The two-time former champion fell in straight sets, as her French opponent didn't give up a single breakpoint in the 90-minute match.
8: Yeah, I thought it was a really good match. For me, I felt like I did the best that I could possibly do. And, of course, I have to tell myself, like, hey, like, six months ago, you were pregnant and stuff like that. And there's a voice in my head that's like, who are you to, like, think that you can come back and immediately start winning matches? But I kind of always expect myself to stand a chance anyways. So I guess just being nicer to myself is like a key thing that I, I learned in my time away.
13: Meantime, top-ranked eager Swiatek survived an early test of her Australian Open title hopes when she beat former champion Sofia Cannon 7-6-6-2 in the first round. Man's 11th seed Kasper Ruud only conceded five games in a straight-set victory against Albert Ramos-Vinolas. Daniel Medvedev, Stefano Sissipas and home favourite Alex Dominow went through the opening round in Monday's action. In football, Lionel Messi won the Best FIFA Men's Player Award for the third time in his career during a ceremony held in London. The Inter-Miami forward edged out Manchester City striker Lynn Haaland and the Paris Saint-Germain attacker Kylian Mbappe. Messi couldn't make it to the ceremony and his former Barcelona teammate Terry Henry, one of the presenters of the night, received the prize on his behalf.
10: Actually, I have uh, two reasons for taking it: is
11: I never won it, so I'll keep it. And uh, you're a Tottenham fan, right? So yeah, that's yeah. the other reason, because you don't usually get your hands on a trophy, so
8: I'll take this one.
13: Spanish World Cup winner Aitana Bomati took the Women's Best Player Award beating her Barcelona teammate Jenny Hermoso and Real Madrid's Linda Caicedo.
8: I'm proud of being part of a powerful generation of women who are changing the rules of the game and the world. Thank you very much.
13: Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola won the Best FIFA Men's Coach Award, while England manager Serena Wieckmann was named the Best Women's Coach. City shot stopper Anderson collected the Best Men's Goalkeeper Award. Gilakmir Madruga, who plays for second-tier Brazilian side Botafogo, won the Pushkash Award for the Best Goal after he produced a spectacular 25-yard overhead kick. In the AFC Asian Cup, Paris Saint-Germain winger Lee Kang-in took center stage in South Korea's 3-1 victory against Bahrain. Lee scored from a brilliant long-range shot in the second half to help South Korea regain the lead, before he put in another to seal the deal. But coach Jürgen Klinsmann was restrained in his praise of the forward. If you scored
2: two goals in the opening game of the Asian Cup for us, then uh, he deserves to be man of the match and had a very good performance. Yeah. But I have to keep him on the ground you know, every day.
13: Hwang Inbyan had given South Korea a first-half lead, but Bahrain equalized six minutes after the break through Abdullah al-Hashash. Elsewhere, Jordan moved a top Group E angle difference after a 4-0 win against Malaysia. Iraq joined Group D leader Japan on three points after a 3-1 win against Indonesia. Spanish motorcyclist Carlos Farcan died on Monday from the injuries he suffered following a fall in the second stage of the Dakar Rally. Falcán had been flown back to Spain after the fall in which he hit his head and suffered multiple fractures. He lost consciousness after the accident. His team later said the medical team confirmed the neurological damage that was irreversible. Fellow competitor Alexander Asinhais discovered him without a pulse and initially saved his life by carrying out first aid before medical staff arrived and transferred him to hospital. Falcán was placed in an induced coma from which he never recovered. And finally, in boxing, Anthony Joshua is set to take on mixed martial arts fighter Francis Ngannou in a heavyweight clash in Saudi Arabia on March 8th. The former unified champion says he expects an explosive encounter.
4: Right now, I'm not thinking about any championship belts or anything. My main focus is Francis. And uh, to be fair, getting through uh, intense, focused training camp because realistically, how I train is how I fight. So... If I get victory in my training camp, I'm sure I'll get victory on the night. So that's all I'll focus on.
13: Ex-UFC fighter Ngannou, who is now under contract to the Professional Fighters League, made his professional boxing debut against Tyson Fury in Riyadh in October. He only narrowly missed out on an unlikely victory as he dropped the WBC heavyweight champion in the third round.
1: Thank you very much. That was Yang Guang with sports. Coming up in Culture and Entertainment, CMG's first rehearsal for the annual Spring Festival Gala. Beijing Hour.
0: Hello, I'm Peter Dinklage from X-Men Days of Future Past. You are listening to the Beijing Hour.
7: Hi, I'm Kathy Freeman and you're listening to the Beijing Hour.
8: Hi everyone, I'm Long Long. Welcome to the Beijing Hour.
3: The Beijing Hour, your window to China and the world.
1: 54 past now. Turning to culture and entertainment, a China media group has held the first rehearsal for the 2024 Spring Festival Gala. A wide cast of performers, including pop stars and folk artists, gathered at a CMG studio for their inaugural appearance on Monday for the four-hour show. Organizers invited social media influencers like Panda Breeder Tan Jintao, among others, to watch the rehearsal on site. The gala, also known as Chunwen, has been broadcast live annually since 1983 and has been a major cultural symbol for the traditional Lunar New Year celebrations in China. Uh, This year's event will air on February the 9th. A spring festival means family, friends, feasts, and more. Uh, But to retailers, it also means innovation. Uh, Once again, businesses are trying to attract more customers with the latest marketing ideas during this traditional festival. Zhang Shishuan visited two commercial areas in Shanghai to find out more.
7: Though the Spring Festival is still a month away, many places have already started the preparations for the Chinese New Year. It's a time that many people think it's a new start.
10: It's a festival for family reunion, full of rituals.
7: We have special festive purchases and clothes.
2: It's nice, really, in a way, to see the younger generation, the people who are going to be tomorrow's consumers with um, remembering the Chinese New Year in their own way.
7: And for retailers, we can celebrate our traditional Chinese cultural arts in the format of modern creativity.
10: We We have prepared many activities to provide a Shanghai-style atmosphere for the New Year.
7: The pop-up store has become a new attraction in downtown Shanghai. Many passers-by have noticed and stopped to take photos. This is the third year the brand has cooperated with a local brand to launch a limited edition for Chinese New Year. But it's the first time it's invested in a pop-up store for the celebration, adding a modern campaign for the traditional festival.
6: Previous collections, we received very good feedbacks, which encouraged us to get further operations and inspirations along the
7: road a giant installation of an arctic fox has appeared along the street in another commercial center in the city's downtown area, attracting a
6: stream of visitors.
5: It's not something that you can see elsewhere. When I saw it uh, online, I said I must come and see it.
6: It's my first time seeing such a big white fox. The spring festival is around the corner, so we chose to come to Shanghai and experience life here.
7: The shopping mall managers hope the fox will attract more shoppers, and even entice some to spend on big ticket items. The art
10: installation has brought us the auto brand, ArcFox. We have prepared interactive activities under the theme of the Fox installation.
7: She says the Arctic Fox has long been a symbol of strength and perseverance. So the Spring Festival could be a good time to have the giant installation on show at the shopping mall. The shopping mall will also hold temple fairs and offer discounts during Chinese New Year.
1: That was Zhang Shishuan in Shanghai. A wide variety of artifacts from the dynasties of Qin and Han are on display in Xi'an, making up a full picture of the social system's thoughts and innovations from over 2,000 years ago. Uh, The Qin-Han Museum, a branch of the popular Shanxi History Museum, is holding the exhibition on a trial basis. Over 700 artifacts are on display, including terracotta warriors and animal-shaped gold jewelry. The exhibition also features a set of digital devices, which uh, brings a particular piece of, of, or or rather, a particular cultural relic back to life through videos and immersive shows. Uh, The museum is free to the public and will officially open on May 18th, which is International Museum Day. 58 past the hour. Checking the forecast before we go. In Beijing's at minus 4 on Tuesday evening. Wednesday, cloudy and plus 1. Manching's down to 6 degrees overnight, then overcast and 21 degrees. Elsewhere in Asia, uh, Islamabad's down to plus 1 this evening. It's sunny and 19 on Wednesday. Vientiane's 20 overnight. Tomorrow has sunny skies and 30. Phnom Penh's 23 overnight. It's overcast and 34 tomorrow. In Africa, Nairobi, you'll see a light rainfall with the high of 27 on Wednesday. Kampala's 21 overnight. Overnight, then some rainfall in 25. Juba's at 23 this evening. Tomorrow has clouds in 36. And finally to Oceania, Port Vila's at 25 this evening, then moderate rainfall in 31. Apia has a light rain on Wednesday. I have 31 degrees Celsius. That's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Making news today, Switzerland's ambassador to China says bilateral relations are based on trust as the two countries prepare to upgrade their free trade agreement. On behalf of the staff, this is Shane Begum in the Chinese Capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together.